Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Test this beautiful morning. Lord, my soul thirsts once again to be here in your presence. Precious Savior, precious Lord, my soul magnifies you once again. King of kings and Lord of lords, master of the universe, my soul gives you glory, gives you honor, gives you all adoration. Alpha and Omega, the God who is Jehovah himself, be magnified, O God, forevermore, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we have come to say thank you. Thank you for blessing us with a brand new day. Thank you for the breath in our nostrils. Thank you for the roofs over our heads. Thank you for the many things that you do, our hearts that are beating right now. Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you for a brand new day. Yes, Lord, we see the sun rise this morning and we know that it is proof you are faithful. So we say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love that is poured out upon us this morning. We give you all the praise in the mighty name of jesus lord we ask this morning that as we read your word once again speak to us grant us wisdom and understanding and let your name be glorified in our lives in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning i am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study. Yes, we'll be concluding the book of Galatians this morning. We continue our study of the New Testament. But first of all, I want to say a big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless you for taking our time to, to listen to, you, to your Bible, to read your Bible again this morning. Of course, you will enjoy this podcast better by having your own Bible in front of you. I'm telling you, as we read together, as we share together, the Word of God will literally open up to you. So thank you this morning, especially for those who are joining us for the first time. Thank you. God bless you. I pray that you will continue to grow in strength. You will continue to grow in grace in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's continue this morning. We are reading Galatians chapter 6. We completed Galatians chapter 5 yesterday, yesterday or the day before. And we did say by now, I would say everyone should understand what Paul was trying to communicate when he sent this letter to the believers in Galatia or the Galatian church. Um, two parts are available for us to walk with God. We either attempt to walk with him by the law, which Judaism still does today, we either try to approach him, receive the gift of righteousness by the law, or we try to achieve it by faith in Christ Jesus. So we said those two parts are available for us. The law is motivated 
controlled by the often time his goal is to hold down the sinful nature and so it's as if they work together the flesh and the law and because no one is ever able to fulfill the law the sinful nature just does not help us does not carry us anywhere and then we have faith working with the spirit so the bible says we walk by faith and not by sight you should understand those scriptures a bit better it is because we are working with the holy spirit and as long as we allow ourselves to be guided by the spirit to walk in the spirit i say i said that we will fulfill even the dictates the very letters of the law we will fulfill it we call this the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus and i said that that law is the law of love all right so that was what paul was trying to communicate to this church because there were those who were attacking them and telling them that they had to convert first of all to judaism before they can truly be christians and paul says no all right let's continue this morning by reading chapter 6. from verse 1 paul says dear brothers and sisters if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the, onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation. Okay, let me break this one down. Now, I love the way another version puts it. I think there's a version that says that if a brother is taken in a fault, let those who are mature, those who are mature, in fact, the NIV says, those who live by the Spirit. So when we are saying walk in the Spirit, we are talking about maturity, maturing in the Spirit, maturing as a Christian. So Paul says here, and I want you to contrast this with what is said with the Corinthian church. Remember when he was rebuking the Corinthian church, he said there was someone there who was living openly in sin, you know, committing fornication with his mother-in-law. And Paul said that they should throw that person, they should excommunicate that person, they should hand him over to Satan. Yes. But here Paul says that no, those of you who are godly should gently and humbly. So what's the difference? One is that the person is openly living in sin, right? Practicing sin. And this one, they call themselves Christians, but they are openly committing sin. And here, this one, Paul says, the person is overcome by some sin. The person is, is some version says, is caught in sin. So it means that it is not habitual, but this person falls into, into sin. And that can happen. Paul says those of us who are godly, those of us who live by the Spirit, those of us who are mature, should gently and humbly help that person back. Oftentimes, you see that what we tend to do is to kill our wounded. Have you not noticed this in, in the church? When we catch one person who has committed sin, and I'm not talking about those who habitually are living in sin, we see someone who is caught in sin, we tend to, to, to excommunicate them according to what 1 Corinthians is saying. But we don't separate between the two. Someone wrote down that it is only the church that kills its wounded. So Paul says, those who are godly should gently and humbly. Why? 
It says that be careful not to fall into the same temptation. Because this is one thing I have noticed. Those who pride themselves and think that they are holier than thou. <laughs> we are above this sin and so we can punish those who we caught committing any sin. I have realized that, and my pastor has shared this many times, Pastor Sam, that it's as if God removes his grace from them. And then the very sins that they are condemning others over, they fall into the same sin. As if God is trying to show them, prove to them, that it is by my grace that you are standing. Okay? So, we must be careful, be careful. As we restore such a person back, we must be careful not to fall into the same temptation. Verse 2 says, share each other's burdens. <laughs> share each other's burdens, burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. I said the law of Christ is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What is that law? Is the law of love. Paul says that, look, we should share each other's burden. Because I know that there are people who will tell you that, Pastor, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need to carry any other, body, any other person's burden. That's not how it works. In the Christian faith, we share each other's burdens. I help you today. You help me to, today or tomorrow. When you are down, I am there to lift you up so that you will not fall. And you, when I am down or you are down like that, vice, vice versa, in that way, the Bible says we fulfill, we obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, <laughs> you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <clears throat> I think often time, many of us take for granted the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you see human nature in action, some of us, I think, I think we tend to overrate ourselves and fail to realize that it is because of the grace of God. It is because of the Spirit of God that is now in our hearts crying, Abba, Father, have you seen people lose their humanity? Maybe in a war-torn area or when there, there is a breakdown of law and order, you see people literally, the animalistic nature in man then comes out. And you see man praying on man. I'm telling you. Paul says if you think you are too important. It is the Holy Spirit helping us to help someone. You are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. So pay careful attention. Verse 4 to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. I love this advice. Paul said pay, attention, pay careful attention. Qualifying it. To your own work. There's a time to walk. There's a time to pray. <laughs> you can't only be praying, going to, mount, going to mountains, you know, just, just lazing around and you're not doing any work and you expect to get a satisfaction of a job well done. Someone has employed you on the job. You're not doing, you're not bringing excellence to that job. And then you think that just because you are called a Christian, uh, then you should get the satisfaction of a job well done. No, it does not work like that. Paul says, pay careful attention to your own work. Be diligent. Hard work does not kill. Bring excellence into your work. Paul says, if you do that, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. He says, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Whenever you see people comparing themselves on the job, trying to compare their hands, see this person, it is usually because they are not putting in the amount of effort to satisfy them themselves 
that I have done a good job. Verse 5 says, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So don't blame anyone. We are each responsible for our own conduct. So pay attention to your own, to your own work. See, it says that those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Now, I know some people don't want to hear this one, but listen, if you have a teacher in your life, someone who takes time to labor in the world, takes time, goes into the kitchen, cooks the world, mix the ingredient together, and then brings out the word of God to you, when you listen to that teacher, you are growing in your faith. Paul said, listen, if they teach you the word of God, you ought to provide for them sharing all good things with them so what is good things that's up to you whether that is offering them help or something that god has blessed you with offering them your talent also to support them in your in 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 an area when they need you or if that is even financial it might be that please go ahead but don't tell me that no 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 no, no. we shouldn't bring our offerings to church no that's not what it is okay that's not what the bible says Verse 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You cannot mock the justice of God. This person is sowing into your life. And you don't want to. The justice of God simply says that whatever a man sows, that is what he, he will reap. If he sows, he will reap. There is planting time and there is harvesting time. There is, there, is, there is time of cold and there is time of hot. There is seasons, times and seasons. The bad God promised that is the justice of God will not fail. So this person is planting, is laboring in your own lives. And you don't want to, you don't want the person to reap anything. No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. So don't mock, don't mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. If you refuse to plant in their own lives by giving them also, then you find that, and this thing, I've, I've learned this thing, if someone is a blessing to me, especially spiritually, and I bless them, send them an offering or something, somehow I just get a lot more from them. I'm telling you. And it's not because I am motivating them in any way. It is just the justice of God. It says those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. If you focus only on self, you will harvest decay. That's all you get. If you focus on only what you will get, you get all you can. And then can all you get, you will harvest decay. Say, but those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. When we live to, to please the Spirit, we saw the fruit of the Spirit, right? <laughs> Usually to be love, what is love? It is love for others. Patience. Is it patience for yourself? No, it's patience for others. Long-suffering. What's long-suffering? Long-suffering towards others. The Spirit will always push you to live for others. It says, when, but when we live to please the Spirit, we harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So, so, not, so let's not get tired of doing what is good because I know that some people get, they become tired. I say, well, Pastor, I can't be the only one doing good and nobody is blessing me back. <laughs> yes, let me keep my good to myself. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings. 
we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. So this is my word for someone listening this morning. Maybe you are the one that I've been sowing. Maybe it's a father you're listening to me. You're a, it's a mother. You are the one that I've been sowing in the life of your children. And it's as if your children are not blessing you in, in return. Paul says, don't be weary. Don't, be, don't give up. Say, we don't give up at just the right time. Your harvest will come. Or maybe this one is a church. You're a pastor listening to me. And you feel that you have been laboring over your people. Or maybe it's, it's a job. You have been laboring. You have been giving. And nothing has been given to you back. I have a word for you. Don't give up. Don't give up at just the right time. Your harvest will come in the mighty name of Jesus. 10 says, therefore, when, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So this is my advice. Be a good person. Hmm? I know that it is going out of fashion <laughs> to do good. Paul says we should do good to everyone. I know it is going out of fashion. And now it seems as if, ah, I cannot come and allow anybody to take advantage of me. <laughs> but my advice this morning, be a good person. Genuinely, from your heart, want to do good to others. And I pray this morning that the Lord will bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, these are some of Paul's final advice. Verse 11 says, Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Now, this is why many people say that Paul most likely had a problem with his eyes. Okay? Because here, Paul says, Look, I'm using, you will notice that the handwriting has changed. I'm using large letters. So he's, he had to write large in large letters just to be able to see it, okay? To be sure that what he was writing was correct. So, but Paul says, this is now in my own handwriting. In other words, up to now, Paul was dictating. 12 says, those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to, to others. <laughs> they don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. That is what Paul taught. The cross of Christ alone is what saves us. Verse 13, and even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the old law themselves. They don't. They cannot. It's not even that they don't keep the whole law. They cannot keep the old law themse themselves. Even Moses, the one who received the law, broke the law. They cannot keep the law. So Paul says they only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. Paul says, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for everyone listening this morning, this will be the only boast that you, you have that you carry the cross of Jesus, that your sins died on that cross, that you all the scars you bear upon your body because Paul is going to talk about that. He's going to talk about the scars that he bears on his body. He's, he's going to tell us, look, it, was, it is because of the cross. Paul says, the only thing I, I will ever boast about is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. Remember I said, how do we undo sinful habits in our lives? How do we undo the sinful nature? It's the cross. We point it to the cross. We let it know that it died on that cross. Paul says, because of that cross, 
my interest in this world has been crucified my interest in the things of this world in the in in the the, the, the things to achieve, the achievements of this world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of, of this world. Paul says, my interest in all of that is gone. Why? Because I was crucified on the cross. He says, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Circumcision was supposed to transform the children of Israel into a new creation because circumcision meant that they were set apart for God. But that was a physical thing. It didn't do anything to them spiritually. When we read the book of Hebrews, you will understand this concept. So Paul says, look, what really counts is that we have been transformed into a new creation. Remember, I told the Corinthian church, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away in Christ. All things become new. See, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Everyone who lives by this new principle, who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and that their sins ended on that cross, they are putting their faith to that cross, it ended there. Paul says that they are the new people of God. 17, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. The scars, look, look at Paul's life. You will see scars. He had lighted them then he, when he was boasting. He said, look, let me boast a little bit. Because all of you are boasting, do you want to know what I have been through? He has been shipwrecked seven, several times. He has been given 39 latches several times, dragged on the ground, left for death, stoned to death once. You know, Paul said, look, all these things I bear is <laughs> because I belong to Jesus. So maybe you are listening in this morning, you are bearing scars. <laughs> you are carrying scars around. Because you are a Christian, you are being persecuted. I am encouraging you, hold on. He says, dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's my prayer for you. Amen. The grace of Jesus will be with your spirit. If you are going through persecution, you are going through trials, I pray for you this morning. I want you to see them as the scars that you belong to Jesus. And I want you to hold on to him. Don't give up. Don't give up. And the Lord will keep you from falling. The Lord will keep you from backsliding in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so we completed the book of Galatians. I don't know about you, but I have been so blessed. If there's one thing I take away from the book of Galatians, it is that the Spirit must be the one animating me from today. So as you go through life, as you go through each day, when the Spirit animates you, you, are, you will be walking in love, right? <laughs> I want you to pay attention to who is animating you. Be sure it is the Spirit of God. Father, we say thank you this morning. Help us to walk in love. Help us to walk by the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit. Help us to be animated by your Spirit and never to walk in the flesh. Lord, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.